mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. And I'm Tess Brigham. I'm the therapist. And today we have a very special guest to discuss episode of Sister Wives on our Sister Wives Rewind journey. We are on season six, episode six, Robin's Secret. (laughs) And our special guest is Dr. Adam, who is the host, the creator. He is the Sister Wives Professor, the Sister Wives Professor podcast. He is a professor of interpersonal communication. And we are so excited to have you here, especially for this particular episode, because this is a classic. This is this is a very special episode. So welcome. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) It is an episode of a television series that exists and i've got some (laughs) stuff to say oh my gosh i can't wait (laughs) (laughs) that they really thought about this and decided to put this on air yes (laughs) and then air it several times it was a very orchestrated intentional episode you know Mm -hmm. they had they were on a mission to tell robin's secret yes if I yeah, if I were the producers of Sister Wives, I would have just played this like eleven times in a row, and that would have been the whole season. <laughs> yeah, like just keep coming back. every time. Just it just gets better and better. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to set this up, um, you know, basically they start out by saying, you know, they're celebrating two years living in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> I thought this was interesting. Robin says. Now we can see what damage has been done in the last two years, and we can try to fix it. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that w- that was how she start. That's how the episode started out. Yes. Um. So you know they they kind of talk a little bit about oh you know they're so glad they're they're here and whatever. And then, um, Cody says that you know having church, what they call you know church in the rental units was hard, but now it's easier because they're all in the cul-de-sac and they have more space and it's easier to get together. So, well, do you think I, he made a comment about how he thought that they would be having this church services with people from Utah once a month. And I'm like, what did you, what were you thinking? What did you, why did you even reach out to anyone and say, Hey, come and visit us? 
Or did you think people are just going to show up just for Sunday and then leave? It's very bizarre. Is that so Dr. Adam, is he trying to telegraph something there about why they don't have a church community? I think so. My read on it could have been one of two things. I think one, it could be this was sort of Cody Brown's magic thinking to further sort of grease the wheels for this move that I don't think a lot of the family really wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And I know you two have touched upon this as I've been listening to your kind of rewatches is you really get the sense that there is more discord about the move than really made it onto the air. And so I could see it being one of those things that Cody said, oh, don't worry about church. I mean, we'll just, we'll have people come up, you know, they'll want to come to Vegas. They'll want to do that. And then like, because if there's one thing the Brown family seemingly does successfully, it's decide, you know what? Those are problems for us in the future. <laughs> and, yes. And future us will deal with that. And then when present day Brown family becomes future Brown family, they go, oh, no. <laughs> like, <we're not laughs> what do we do? <laughs> the can well, I, can only be kicked so many times down the road. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear your take on, because we've talked a lot about these houses that they're in and um, just how the parents tend to overpromise, overpromise, underdeliver to the point where the kids don't even don't even really trust them and right. can't trust them. Right. Yeah, that's been interesting. I mean, they flat out, to your point, Tess, that's what they flat out say is, well, they say a lot of things and typically it, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could probably explain this much better than I, but it's such an erosion of sort of the foundation of the parent-child relationship to not mm -hmm. be able to trust that you're going to be guided safely mm -hmm. and given realistic expectations. And that's not to say that kids, even at a young age, can't understand like, look, I, I tried my best and I can't always deliver everything. You know, that's that's actually a natural part of the progression of, of life, right, is disappointment. But yeah, that was really telling to hear. And, and, and I always try to, if anybody who, who hasn't heard my podcast, I'm known for trying to, I don't think overly, but, but give the big picture maybe more than the show does. And so sometimes oh, some of that is just, sometimes teenagers are just in a bad mood. And they mm -hmm. just say stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people on reality TV are just speaking extemporaneously and then it's treated as the totality of their existence forever, which is mm -hmm. kind of unfair. But I do think, yeah, I think that these, you look at their history, right, of how often the family moved and mm -hmm. how often I think, and I don't know if it's faith or, or narcissism, and I'm, I'm colloquially not, not diagnosing anybody but you know narcissistic thoughts of oh things will just work out and when you're around someone like that especially a parental figure the shock waves of it for kids in particular it, one of the main things is just i don't i don't trust that you'll deliver yes. this because mm -hmm. i'm you know it's a byproduct maybe of cody's overconfidence i don't know i don't oh, think yeah. i even answered your question but that was no, a lot no. of words well, yeah. well, it's all true. It's all. Um, but it is it is interesting when you're talking about because I think about when they fleed from Utah to Vegas and w Brooke broke down a bit of the law and what really is probably happening, which is yeah. that most likely they they had they weren't in that big of trouble in Utah. Right. Like they could have stayed that we've thought maybe that maybe the it was had more to do with the show, the show and the, the show's producers and the production. But to think about the fact that Cody sprang it on those younger kids, three days, we're leaving in three days. And so 
if if you put it in the context of the fact that they had to flee and oh my god okay that makes a little more sense but yeah. knowing what we know now you're kind of like what what did you do what did you do like you didn't have to do this in three days you could have waited till the school year was out mm-hmm. you could have done a, a million different things but and I think that's what we're seeing with the present seasons. And now that everyone's wanting to go back and rewatch, because we are now seeing very clearly what this is, what this is, what was going on. This is what the right. truth was. And I agree with you that it's not fair in reality television where you say something once and then you're on a reality show and 10 years later, you say something else and then people go, no, no, no. But you said this. Yes, we have the right to evolve and change and grow and develop. But the fact that Cody's basically rewriting history like rewriting things and and that's that's the part that makes him i think so so difficult to empathize with is the fact that just 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 tell us like i thought i loved my wives but i i realized i really didn't know what love was like why can't you say that i know i'm going off on a lot of tangents but it just feels like it's this repeated pattern with the show when you watch it now of realizing oh i can't believe anything anybody tells me it's a big part of the family culture is Mm -hmm. lack of accountability. And Mm -hmm. I think that Cody, one of the many ways he found kind of his perfect match, so to say, in Robin is, I firmly believe Robin is most comfortable from the stance of someone who is the biggest victim in any negative situation. Mm -hmm. Because she is an equal or greater victim than she has nothing to feel sorry for. And therefore she absolves herself of discomfort for being responsible. You see it with the, I picked the dress yeah. moment. You see it with all these things where she committed some sort of faux pas and she will reframe it as she is the one who is the most aggrieved by the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that, that you do that mental gymnastics and it's like, well, how could I possibly feel bad if I'm the most hurt by this situation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I, there's such a family culture though too. And I've said this in so many podcasts, I'm sorry if folks, if this is redundant, but you look at it with Mary's catfishing and the fact that Mary, and I think I, and not everybody, but I think a lot of people watching the show would have looked at Mary very differently if when that came to light, she had said, like, look, Cody doesn't come over. Cody doesn't touch me. Cody, like, mm-hmm. I'm a woman. I'm a human being. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel like someone likes me. And I got taken advantage of, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And like, I don't know. I would look at that and go, yeah, you you did the wrong thing, but I get it, you know, Mm because people have been in that situation. And so it's, it's the same thing with Cody is it's just sort of this inability because it's difficult. It's difficult to look at, especially when you have, I can't even, can you, either of you imagine having that many people depending upon your decisions and making a mistake? Like Mm -hmm. I just can't. It's it's not impossible to keep everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's real. That's a really good point that, that there is a real lack of accountability with any, all of these people. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're all, um, yeah, it's a family pattern, but I want, I also want to know what you think about, so they show the scenes with, um, you know, they're in church, which is basically someone's living room and Cody is, you know, preaching, I guess. And so and you know the kids they always they they always look so bored they don't care it's like i don't know the whole to me the whole thing about church is you know you have a pastor or a priest whatever who's a neutral party who serves to take you out of your everyday life to try to give you a message but if it's just your mom or dad preaching to you it just sounds like lecturing 
Like, no Mm. wonder they're bored. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. How could they take that seriously? It's it's like mom and dad are lecturing again. So I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on that whole dynamic. How familiar How familiar are the two of you with their with the AUB, the Apostolic United Brethren? Brooke is much more than I am. You are Brooke. Well, all I know is from like these documentaries I've watched. I I I don't know a deep dive really. No, I know I've, I've heard some disturbing things, but we just watched that documentary, The Daughters of the Cult, which is about, hmm. you know, the the LeBarons, or the Christine's, you know, she's descendant of the LeBaron family uh-huh. and all that. So it didn't sound good. No. You know? <laughs> well, I, I only bring it up because one of the tenants, as I understand it, and if I'm wrong, I'll be corrected and rightfully so, uh, is that the the man in the the head of the plural family is in essence the priest of the family called the priesthood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so one of his obligations is to lead family in prayer to to in essence run his home as a church as needed and so that part didn't take me by too much surprise the funny thing about the church stuff and the home worship stuff is i i say this i'm not a i'm not a person of faith. I hope I don't offend anybody. That's not my intention. I have been in the past. Maybe I will be again. Life is long and I do yes. nothing but evolve like everyone else. But one of the things that I thought might have kept their family together is if they had fought harder to keep some semblance of their faith or even just a non-secular gathering with some sort of spiritual, some sort of fellowship yes. component to it. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched this, I thought, God, look at them trying. So much of this, as much as it, and we'll talk about it, as much as it just absolutely dirt roads into some stuff, (laughs) it starts out with, you know, whether it would be how I would try to keep my family together or not. Like, you know what I mean? You fast forward to the current season or like Mm -hmm. three seasons ago, it's just like nobody cares and nobody tries Mm -hmm. just at all. And so it was so stark to me, the difference. Yeah, and they've been commenting in recent episodes about how when they got to Las Vegas and they stopped having these family nights, you know, they mm-hmm. every Friday night, they'd have these family nights. They did a lot more together as a family. Robin was so mad. Oh, Robin was yeah. so upset. I mean, how many times did she go to a family Friday night thing twice? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it was because of Robin, because yeah. Robin demanded her time. You know, if it was Friday night and it was Robin's night, Cody, they're not going to some all family gathering, mm-hmm. you sure. know. Um, yeah, I yeah, know that's true because, yeah, with a family that size, you've got to do something um, to keep everyone together. Yeah. Well, so then I oh, always sorry, ahead. real quick, but I always argue the problem is is that it's Cody that Cody doesn't really know how to be a leader, and right. that's the problem. Right. Cody doesn't know how to lead. He's no. not a good leader at all. And I've pointed out many times where I was, you know, in, in these episodes where there's these moments in times where he could really step up and be a good leader, yeah. be, you know, lead the family in a way. But that's, I think, fundamentally the problem is he's not a very good leader. And like, just like a boss at a company, eventually, right, just like the kids get older, eventually people are like, well, I don't really need this job anymore. I don't need you. So bye. Yeah you know, got to go. And which is what's happened. Everybody who's kind of seen and gotten it went like, okay, well, see ya. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. Cody, I think always treated his family as he was less a boss and more of an investor. Like he was someone Mm -hmm. that just put up capital and I did my part. Now I want the residuals to roll Mm -hmm. in. I did my thing. And that's not the Mm -hmm. best metaphor, but that's, that's how I know. But it's good. 
it's true because he makes comments about how I've done this for you. Mm-hmm. Now you need to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Oh God, is that my father? Sorry, that's my, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, my father. You, yeah, but you know from from your work um, that right relationships. This is what he doesn't get. Relationships are an investment. It's yeah. an invest anything, right? Wherever you put your time and attention on, that's what grows. Yeah, that's so if grows. you don't put your time and attention on someone in your life, it's not gonna, it's not gonna progress. And yeah. um, you know, I go back and forth of could anyone ever really do this? Could anyone ever really successfully parent 18 children and have four wives? Or, you know, does it take like a super Dr. Adam's person? shaking his head. No, no, no. <laughs> Not even Joe no. Dogger could do this. <laughs> Not even Joe Dogger. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I don't, I don't believe, I don't mind saying I don't think so. I think everyone has a capacity. Everyone mm-hmm. has a capacity and everyone has needs, especially kids, especially, you know, any, anyone, you know, I do, you, you both do, you know, and that's not bad. That's not wrong. It's just a matter of, you know, I think Cody's systemic problem beyond being overextended, which is not his fault, you know, in that he, he can't create more capacity. He did plan his family, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can't just make himself have more capacity for spreading out his existence and his time, mm-hmm. you know, but the problem is I think Cody only wants to do the things that he finds personally gratifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of parenting is doing stuff that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. but it's beneficial for your child or your, your, your partnership. If you have one or partnerships, mm-hmm. if you have them, you know, sometimes you just, you just shovel some dirt because it makes them happy. It's like, yeah, sure. I'm just going to do this. Cause in the end it's, it's work and work sometimes, you know, I always object to this thing, by the way, this is a small tangent, or people say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Because I, I, I feel like if you do what you love, some days will really, really still feel like work, but it's mm-hmm. work worth doing. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, and it's the same thing with love. Well, if you fall in love with the right person, I'm doing finger quotes, the right person, it's always easy, which is not remotely true. It's just when the seasons turn to winter, you stick it out because you know that spring is coming and, it, and it's so rich and it's so worthwhile. And I don't think Cody, I don't know if he's not capable of it or if he just doesn't do it, you know, but, and I think he found his space in Robin that he doesn't have to. And Mm -hmm. that was to me, the turning point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where he, um, he focused his time. Yeah. And on your Patreon, you did a deep dive into this whole Cody Robin dynamic. It's really, really interesting. And anyone out there who's interested should, um, should listen to it. It was really good. Mm. Um, Thank you. Well, could you, could I ask you really quickly? Cause I would love to know your take on Robin and I would love to hear that because I go back and forth <laughs> well, on Robin. Whole Patreon oh, contest. okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just get, I'll just <laughs> no. do that then. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Because I, I go back and forth on Robin constantly. I'm always like, yeah. I don't think she's diabolical. Cause I don't think she's that smart, but oh, at the same time, I, at the same time, I'm kind of like, how much of this bullshit does she believe? Like, I kind of go back and forth of like, is she, is she this diabolical or is she just, just kind of effed up? Like just some of the childhood stuff and that she kind of stays in this weird place. Like she has some sort of personality disorder, light kind of thing. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh God. How much time do you have? So, um, <laughs> 
I'm no, sorry. We're never going to get I'm through this. I'm telling you, he no. did a whole hour. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. No, it's, it's okay. To Brooke's point, yeah, I dropped almost an hour long, and it's part one of like six that I'm going to do. Oh, 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 my gosh. Okay. We've only scratched the surface. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, well I, I will about, then get, I got to get on there and do that. But that's about, like, for anyone listening who might be curious, it's about like her evolution. So as I go through the seasons, Robin changes, and her role in the family sort of grows and changes. And I kind of want to track it semi in real time mm-hmm. to to try to use communication theory. And if that sounds boring, it's actually not. It's it's just it's just ways to illustrate things. Uh, Robin, let me preface this by saying Robin is like you and the three of us on this podcast and everyone listening to it. Robin carries around a lot of pain that she didn't deserve mm-hmm. um, and that she didn't ask for. And was a victim of certain circumstances that were formative for her, just like all of us, just like everyone listening to this. Um, however, just like all of us, she has the obligation to do the work and move past it as an adult and heal herself um, with whatever help is available to her, which with her financial means would be substantially more than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my preface. I think that Robin was like the biggest fan of the idea of the Brown family. And like a lot of fans that get disappointed by what they had invested time in, they can be, can turn on it pretty harshly. Mm. And I think that when the Brown family, whether it's because she saw the red flags and ignored them or whatever, we can debate that when it proved to be more fractured, more difficult, less welcoming, more complicated than she wanted. I think that was a big issue. I think that... I think that Robin, like I said, feels most comfortable when... She, I hate to say when she's the victim, but when she is being misunderstood. You, you talk, she, she did the thing, well, Robin, you're the brown family scapegoat. Yeah. Mm. And... and I think that that was really telling because it's not just, well, that's how they treat me. I think that's her safe space because Mm -hmm. one, it absolves her of responsibility. Two, Cody wants to be the white knight on a horse saving somebody who wants to be the damsel in distress because then he feels empowered and he feels chosen and he feels important. People have asked me, why do you think that Cody dotes on robin's children that are not his biological children so much and to be fair you you can just because they're not your biological children doesn't mean they aren't your children but i i think a lot of it for cody is that those kids chose him over Mm -hmm. someone else right Mm -hmm. interesting and i think and i think to cody that is very appealing and you you see that godforsaken picture where they drew Uh, him in with that is, is that's disturbing. That's, that was so disturbing. But also, Robin, I love it. I don't give a, I don't give a crap. I love. I would. I would print if they sell prints of that oh, thing. No. I would frame it and hang it up at work. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with but it because they can't Robin, be real. Yeah, Robin strong armed them into that though. Remember from like the very first season when she sure. was saying, "Call him." That's not Cody. That's Dad, that's Daddy, daddy or, and. And, you know, the parental alienation from the biological. I mean, yeah, sure. so there's so much. Yeah, there's so much there. I don't know how many parts to her you're going to be able to. I mean, yeah. you could probably do a 10 part series. Well, but so let's. 
Okay, yeah, yeah we can get back to it. But of all the people, if you look at the history, and I love this idea of like this evolution of Robin, you would see that she really, like she's physically changed the most. And it's okay. almost like, right? Like she's like, it's almost like the Browns kind of, or Cody or this whole situation just sucked the life from yeah. her. Like she became paler and frown. Like she never smiles. She's, there's it's such heaviness. There was a lot more of a lightness at the beginning. Hmm. And I feel myself that as I've gotten older, because I've gotten, you know, l- I give less fucks. I, I feel more secure in myself. I feel much lighter as I get older. Good and for you. Just- <laughs> <laughs> so I feel more like, huh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll work itself out. It's, you know, it's like, I, not everyone's going to like me. Not everything's going to be great. You know, sometimes again, I, I can understand that a lot more. And I see her and I'm like, there's such yeah. heaviness to her of what, you know, and just the fact that she never smiles now, that's yeah. really tough to watch. I, so I'm not, I, I, I take, I take no offense. Let me be clear. I take no offense to it. I, I'm not going to comment on, you know, a woman's physical appearance. That's no, not what I do. But you um, understand the energy that I'm talking I do, about, not I the do. physical part. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I just, I just like to throw that out there yeah. just because I'm a, a, like I said, a man with like a 95% female audience. There's just certain things that I, I have parameters on, but I will say that to Robin, the thing that I try to keep in mind is she has thousands at least of people daily making a major part of their day going online into thousands mm-hmm. of, the, of other people saying horrible things about her. Now, mm-hmm. does she deserve those things or not? Whatever is really not the point. If I get like less than a four star review on my podcast, I need to take a nap for like six hours. <laughs> like I could not stand up. For it. I couldn't, I couldn't handle yeah. it. I, yeah. I could not handle it. And is she a good person or is she a bad person? I'm not, again, that's not my point. My point is how do you deal with that stress of yeah. going out in public and like, is, am I going to, and being recognized and having that moment of, is this going to be good or is this going to be bad? Like, mm-hmm. because odds are for her, you know, I'm sure anyone on the show has had situations that were unsafe and unfair, but you look at Christine, how much more likely is Christine to be received like rapturously going to Publix or something, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Whereas Robin, and so they talk about the, the, the big house they bought and whether or not maybe she's got an unhealthy relationship with shopping and material things. And I look at that and, you know, I'm a communication specialist. I I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think because that's what her world has become is probably Mm -hmm. that house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I'm not the, I don't have the most sympathy, but I, I can academically, no pun intended, look at it and go, what is that like? Cause you think about like the most extreme cases, like, Taylor Swift is probably the most famous person on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift could live to be 150 years old. She will never have a remotely normal life. She will never have a remotely normal existence. Mm-hmm. Now you dial that way, 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 way down to Robin Brown. There's still like Robin Brown's never going to have like, I can just like me, I can go outside. Nobody will ever know who I am. No one will care. And I do have people that pay attention to my art, but that's it. And so I just, I do, I do have sympathy for anyone that's become kind of a pariah on a television show and Mm -hmm. beyond people that are, you know, committing crimes and and harming people. And I don't know, I guess I just have more sympathy. People call me, people tell me all the time I'm virtue signaling. I am not virtue signaling. I am, 
I don't need to signal. I'm just naturally virtuous. Mm-hmm. No, th- this is something that this is something you have to keep <laughs> in mind. Yeah. Like these are yeah. real, these are real people. And I look, I feel sorry for Robin. I like this past season when you know she was so distressed having to watch those clips of the season with Cody, and Cody is just so still so angry at that point and having to live with that on a daily basis. Awesome. I mean, awesome. I. I feel for her. Look, she, yeah, she did not set out or intend for this to go this way. Like you said, I think she was the most bought into the dream of Sister Watson yeah. mm-hmm. and this family. Cause I think she felt so, I don't know, rejected, disappointed, shameful, whatever about how her life had played out to that point. And she saw this yeah. family as this, this, oh my gosh, this is my, um, oasis in the desert, you know, and Mm -hmm. these, these people want me and I'm going to go into this family and it's going to be so great. And she really believed all that. And I'm going to be famous. Yeah. And she's going to be on TV and, and and then it's not her fault that Cody just dropped everything with his other wives because he wanted Mm -hmm. to be with her all the time. And, you know, she was trying to be a good wife and she became the safe space for him. And, you know, whether she did that intentionally or not, she was just trying to please him and yeah. it's not her fault that he mistreated everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got an email from a listener actually who credentialed themselves and they asked not to be identified beyond being a listener. So obviously I won't do that, but who has been in contact with someone who is in contact with Robin. And again, mm-hmm. I, I did my due diligence on this. I, I don't want to mislead anybody, but and it, it was credible and, I, I could pull up the email, but in essence, it just said that Robin doesn't understand why or didn't understand why the other three wives didn't just do what she did. It was just like, mm. well, why don't you just make your home the safest, happiest space for Cody? Why don't you make yourself joyfully available? Which mm-hmm. that gives me hives just saying that phrase. But, <laughs> you know, why don't you why don't you just do this? And I think mm-hmm. it's a combination of you know, different personalities and also just, you know, 20 years of marriage. and being Yeah. yeah. They had patterns already. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Cody wanted that. I think Cody, until he married Robin, I think Cody liked having these like strong willed women to like spar with. I think he liked it. I think he, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was what he thought he signed up for. And then, you know, he's in Pleasantville and he opens the door and like, instead of black and white, everything's in color. And he goes like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I can't fully go back. Mm -hmm. And I think she liked that. I don't think Robin wanted to be the only wife to your point, Tess. I don't think she went and go, I'm going to ruin this. Mm -hmm. I think subconsciously she did want to be first among equals. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I do think that she wanted herself. That's why I'm saying, I don't think she's diabolical in the sense that she like had this plan from the beginning to get to this place that where she is today. I think that, she, but I think she definitely had an idea of how I should be as a wife and what right. I need to do. And that, that kind of combination and the combination of things. And yeah, absolutely. I've been married 20 years. It's very different than the first year of marriage, <laughs> you know, for better, or for worse, right? There's good things and bad things about it, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Brooke, we can go right well, back into yeah. where we were talking about because we were leading into this whole thing with Robin and her past and being. Yeah, unhappy. Let's, let's get into it. Okay. All this right. is the heart of this episode. Yes. Um, so the, the, pr- the <laughs> premise so is. Oh gosh, <laughs> like know, brimming I'm, with I'm excitement. Nervous. Okay. The premise of this is that Cody asked Robin 
to come to church to talk about chastity and sexual purity. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because he's concerned mostly about the older the kids who are of dating age. Mm-hmm. And then Robin says, I'm going to talk about one of the biggest mistakes of my life, and I'm nervous about it. Already. 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 All that, that, I mean, that opens up a Pandora's box. Um, So why do you think, assuming this is true, if this was Cody's idea, why do you think he asked her to do this? I mean, what the hell? You, are you asking me? Yeah. (laughs) You're more perplexed. (laughs) We we don't know. (laughs) Oh, well, when I did this, here was my thought process. (laughs) When I asked my wife, will you sit down in front of our son and talk about how, you know, creating him was the biggest mistake of your life? Oh, God. Tess, can I ask you real quick? Yeah. As a, like, that, I mean, the answer is probably not good, but come on, that can't be something that was lost on robin's kids like this no well they 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 kept showing picture they just kept showing dayton and then at the end she does say well dayton's the best thing i'm so happy for dayton and i don't regret and i don't regret anything so i'm like but but then what are you saying what are you saying I, i i i i feel like i don't know see this is hard because I don't think the producers came up with this idea. I, I think they either. needed some subjects for church. And I yeah. think that maybe he and Robin were talking late night in bed one night. Yep. And yep. I think this, this topic exactly came it. up and yep. he probably said, well, let's listen, let's talk about this and let's do this. I don't think that either one of them thought through. And yeah. and that's why I don't know if the producers were like, oh, they're willing to do this. Great. <laughs> you know, and yeah. just like, Shh, don't tell them. But I don't think either of them thought through the, the what they were really saying, because what yeah. you're saying is the worst mistake of your life was mm-hmm. produced this child. And she went on and had two more children with, with this awful person, this who, awful person who you're claiming begged you, begged and so you and getting took took her purity, which makes it sound like it's not yeah. consensual. Yes. That, mm. Yeah, I, I, I just, yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, I mean, I, I mean, it's, I don't know where to go. I don't even, I, I don't, I don't know. It felt like, it also felt like Robin was on trial. Like she had to. It mm, did feel like. Redeem oh, herself or justify herself. Which trials or something. Yeah. Didn't, didn't it have that feeling? Yeah. Holy crap. I, to, to your point too, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there had been at least a handful of bedtime conversations where robin was crying and telling cody oh i wish i had saved my purity for you and god how much would he love that oh and he would like, love that yeah oh i wish my kids were biologically yours and just just fueling his big dumb head and i bet she volunteered and was like yeah i'll talk about this and i always say that robin is not always but she develops so so nonverbal communication is kind of my thing. Robin has a specific cadence and a certain not woodenness, but awkwardness to when she is preparing and delivering lines that at least in her head she has rehearsed. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently covered this when they're doing the move and she she's going, Yeah, I don't I don't know what we're I don't know what we're gonna do. It's just it's real stressful. And she pauses and she goes, This is not the America that I learned about <laughs> when I was in school. 
Yeah. And it just was completely different tone, completely different inflection, and felt rehearsed. And I think mm-hmm. this was something she came up with. And you see it when they do the the panel where they're arguing for their way of life. And she goes like, don't make me a victim, sweetie. And it's not mm-hmm. even tangentially related to what anyone just said. Mm-hmm. I think she does this. And so I think that she had prepared all this and I, I just didn't think it through. And I think my point about the, I lost my train of thought, but I got it back. Robin is typically acting for an audience of one. Mm. And I think we know who that one person is. And mm. I think that's what this was. I think this was designed to foster, I hate to say it, loyalty to show her loyalty to Cody. Cause that Cody's currency it's it's not time. It's not sex. It's loyalty. It's mm-hmm, pers- yeah. per- making him feel that you will choose him above others and mm-hmm. put him above others. I think, and I think that comes from his own childhood of being among so many kids of not getting that much attention from his dad. But I'm going to do a deep dive on that on Patreon later, so I'm not going to. Oh that. yeah, I like that. Yeah, the Patriot, the like the win, Cody toxic yeah. masculinity, mm-hmm. whatever subject. I think that's fascinating. But why do you think this is coming up? This Okay, they've, they've been together, you know, three years or something. Like, why is this coming up now? It seems like if she had such strong feelings about the fact that she didn't give her purity to Cody, why is this just coming up now? I, I have a thought. I feel like it's because we've seen so much around the... It, it's almost right we hear about... Robin's ex and how much they've disparaged him right. and how he's become this evil presence in all of this. And the fact that they've, they've been trying to erase Jessup forever. And it feels like this is an evolution of yeah. that erasing. Like let's, uh, let's keep, let's like almost like a, like a back to the future where, you know, yes. you start erasing and racing. It's like, and then like, we got the picture and then yeah, we the adoption. Gonna, and almost then, like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do this all. I want to do this over again. I want to give me, I want to do this again. And this is how I want it to be with the picture and all of that. But what she's forgetting. And I think that's, that's really almost, I feel, I don't want to say sad so much, but it's like, but Robin, this is your life. These are your experiences. This is who you are. So really what I hear is I don't like who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't like these because we all have choices in the past that we've made that we've been like oh geez you know i should have done it this way i should have done it that way but we have to we have to look at those experiences and go well i am here now so that's how i got here yeah and and i like who i am so you know but so to me that feels like that's someone who's saying i don't really like myself and i need to change I don't yeah, know. So she's, yeah. she's trying to reclaim her virginity and or something like what you're 30 yeah. years old, 30 something years old. And you You've had, had four kids. <laughs> you had four kids. Like, it's, yeah. honey, it's OK. Like this, this, this is feels so shame based. Yes. And I don't know who is shaming her. Is the shame just from internal shame? Is it from Cody? I mean, I don't I don't know. Well, their culture, their culture is not very forgiving of what the culture perceives as mistakes mm-hmm. in morality. Uh, again, to my point, though, the entire purity talk, you can see how at no point is Robin have the locus of control in any of those things that happened to her. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never, a, it was just, well, I, you know, he begged me and it was a mistake. It's all this, I don't want to get into She's this. a victim. I don't want to get into the subtext of what she's kind of saying because mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch it. But 
if you my my answer too to to build on your question of why is this happening, I think McKelty. What? Oh, because of the dressing, think, the way she, in which she dresses, and, and concerns about it. And Robin, oh. especially at that time, had a close relationship with McKelty, and I think that there were concerns about McKelty's kind of boy craziness that become oh. more to the forefront later. Um, I think it was just trying to address address that because I think that McKelty and I did not know this at the time and it's only recently through like McKelty's Patreon stuff that I've been made aware of that she expressed just how close she was to Robin because Robin would really accept McKelty and I could talk about McKelty all day because I see a lot of myself in her as a teenager Mm. Uh, you know and a lot of the ways that I tried to assert my own identity in a space that you know in ways that I would not with the maturity I had even a couple years later shall we say Mm -hmm. but uh, that would be my guess is just, you know, how, how do you control young people's behavior, particularly young women's behavior in terms of their expression of their physicality and their sexuality? Shame and fear are mm. very common approaches to that uh, mm-hmm. religiously and socially and, and otherwise. And so if I were to hazard a guess, it would have been, and, and there's no one particular reason, right, to be fair, because I think everything you said is correct. But I think part of it is Robin kind of did a pathos plea, a big emotional plea of, basically don't have sex mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly because yeah, bad she, things she, will happen well, she, she right out she said it right out she said something to the effect of you should save your purity for your husband or wife and if you don't it's going to ruin your you life break that ornament just just mm-hmm. throw it on the ground <laughs> yeah yeah why what was that about with the ground like throwing it on the ground and i love props he just took it and he broke it is it yes and it was a it was like a heart and it was you know looked like a um like like a ornament like a necklace thing but it's too big to be a necklace yeah it was very i was i was wondering like how long did she search for the right prop for this you know what i mean like brooke you're brooke you're lucky she didn't just like bring out like a flaming garbage can and throw a white dress in it like it was a pro wrestling (laughs) promo in the 1990s This is my purity, brother. Yeah, (laughs) from me. And at WrestleMania, (laughs) your audience is going to love these references. Yes. (laughs) Psych Legal Pop will be back after these messages. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Oh, and it was so creepy when, like, when she's on the couch with Cody... Um, oh, you know, talking about it, giving yeah. her whole story about how she was, you know, manipulated into this and how, you know, and, and he's just staring at her though, just staring at her. 
He like does a, stare at her creepy. very intently. Yeah. Very intently. And like he does he, it on the couch too, in the couch interviews. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 In the couch, particularly, he's got his arm kind of around her and he's literally just the whole time just like staring intently, not moving like good. girl. OK, good yeah. girl. Good girl. Keep going. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him how, you know, tell him how much, you know, he can <laughs> do this. or whatever. <laughs> No, it's true. But yeah. You wanted yeah. To do me, didn't you? Yeah, and then he oh, he, he was so it. he was so gibbered up by the end of that purity <laughs> talk. He's like, oh, you were gonna. By oh, the end of that purity palpable. talk, he's like, you're gonna be a dirty girl later. <laughs> yeah, you're not pure anymore. Not since you found she me. Broke an ornament. She broke an ornament in a bed frame. It's terrible. <laughs> but then she then she picked up the ornament, mm-hmm. and then she gave it to Cody. What the fuck? Sorry. And like, that right. was that like was erased, so yeah, erased everything. Yes, we've erased everything. My, I got my purity back. I, con- I went to confession. I've confessed everything. Here it is. It's like it never happened. I handed it back to the priesthood. Though, to <laughs> yeah. my point. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was so uncomfortable. I had to look away. I, w- I had to like look away from my screen. I was so uncomfortable about that. And again, Dayton is right there. He is right there. They kept panning to Aurora and she had this look on her face where she was very confused. She's like, what? And I'm sure that, I don't know. Do you think the little kids even knew what, do they know what purity means? Did they know what this was about? Probably not. No, I don't think so because they're Uh so sheltered. Right. To begin with. And then you're talking, who uses the word purity? You know? Yeah. Probably never you know the answer to that question. <laughs> 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 they probably never heard this word in their lives, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's a, so, no, I can't. Okay. No, I can't go. It's ahead. okay. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go wherever you want to go. A grown woman that's not comfortable using the word vagina. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Like, that, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I thought. It's someone that's, someone that's been, to, to her credit, someone that's not been empowered to feel empowered about oneself or feel mm-hmm. that there's nothing dirty or wrong or, you know, about mm-hmm. you. And, and I do, if, if Robin has been made to feel that way, like that sucks. Like that's that just yeah. sucks. Oh, trust me. You know? Look, and it's, this isn't some polygamy thing. I know right. I, when I was growing up, if you even kissed a guy, girls yeah. would start saying you're a whore and spreading yeah. rumors about you yeah. and saying that you, you know, you F to this guy or whatever. People yeah. are vicious. Yeah. You know, people are just vicious. So it's not hard to feel shame as a woman yeah. under yeah. any circumstances. Well, yeah. she does say in the interview with Cody, she says that at the time she was, you know, she was rebelling against her family and she had moved to Montana and she was dating someone. And she does admit that she had feelings like I had my own urges. I don't know. She, if she was horny. Yeah. yeah. But she didn't, she didn't say that. And, and and that's the thing. But then it, it was almost like, and I was like, okay, good. Robin is, yeah. first time I watched this, I was like, oh, okay. So she's recognizing the fact that I have feelings too. It's not just this guy. I have feelings too. I want to explore <laughs> these things too. But then, it, but then it becomes <laughs> this like, no, you know, but then he took this thing. Well, from- because she got pregnant. If she hadn't yeah, gotten yes. pregnant. And, and she could just go explore her sexuality like a normal young woman, then we yeah. wouldn't be here talking about this. But the yeah. fact was, she was yeah. from a, a religious family and she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the ultimate shame. And then they did get married, but it didn't work out. And then she got divorced. So there's another mark against her. And I think she came into this family feeling very 
you know, like, like there was a scarlet letter on her. Or something. Well, and yes. Cody made her feel that way because he said very early on, oh, I heard she was divorced and I had an ick. He said mm-hmm. that he always said that he thought it was kind of like, ooh, she's divorced. That was yeah. one of the things he said very clear. Again, Janelle's divorced, too. So, right. You yeah. know, but but that was one of the things that turned him off. So she's already feeling, OK, I'm not you know, there's something inherently ick about me. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Where else are we in the purity? purity (laughs) sheet? I mean, it just went on for so long and it's going back and forth between her giving the speech and then her on the couch with Cody. And it, it, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Like she is really pleading her case. Like I said, yeah, like she's on trial and it's like this, it's okay. This isn't necessary. And to do mm-hmm. it in front of the whole family. Oh, it, it was just so cringy. And, um, and then what do you say to her? Like you're Hunter, like, Hey Robin, you know, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> like when you see her later at dinner, like, Ooh, yeah, I know way after- too much about you now. Because afterwards. <laughs> yeah. They just like have lunch and, and actually- yeah, that's Cody's like, Hey, are we pot looking? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Hunter did say they interviewed, yeah. a couple, they interviewed a couple of the kids mm-hmm. and that McKelty was one of them. And she said that, what is she? She said that she liked Robin's speech. Yeah. yeah she, she was moved by it. Yeah. yeah she, she liked it the way her. that she explained that. And she told, yeah. and then Hunter said, he said, yeah, you probably shouldn't have sex before marriage, but if you're in a loving, committed relationship, it's okay. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you just negated like the whole concept of, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Hunter's such a mensch. I, I, <laughs> I love Hunter. I, yeah, I'm a big, he's just like this little tiny Brock Lesnar with a really good heart. <laughs> yeah. Who's Brock Lesnar? Um, let me ask you, Tess, I have a question. He's a football so, player, right? Oh. If, yeah. But sure. Yeah, fine. Um, so, <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So (laughs) let me ask you, if if somebody sat you down, Tess, and said, oh, so I want to have this conversation with my kids. What are like the big beats you would say? Like, here's how you might want to approach it in a way that your children will understand. Like if you're got divorced, remarried, Mm -hmm. and you want to have a talk about like that journey, if Robin, okay, not Robin, but somebody who would listen to you came to you and said like, how would you start to approach that? What do you think you would recommend in order to keep that a safe space? for the young people to like, cause, cause you could even, you can have one bad day, right. With your kids uh-huh. and go like, God, you know, just one more day without kids and just, or whatever, anything like that, that can last a child that can impact yeah. a child mm-hmm. either not at all or forever. You just don't know. Right. It depends on the kid depends on the day. Yeah. So is there a way that she could have approached this that you think might've been like safer? I mean, if this was a client of mine and they told me they wanted to do this, my first question would be like, why? Why why do you want to do this? Like, what is, what is the idea of it? Right. There's a, there's this idea, especially with kids and drugs. Like when kids come to you and start asking you questions about drugs, you're not supposed to go, well, yeah, I tried Coke one time and then (laughs) meth. And then, you know, you're not supposed to like list the things you did. You're supposed to stop and go, well, why are you asking me these questions? Like, because there's something going on in their life that they're asking you this. And so I would say right up front, I would, I would want to know why, like, what's your intention? What's the intention of why you want to express this? And if their intention is, well, I'm worried, I see my child out and about, you know, and so, and what are you really worried about? I'm worried they're going to get pregnant again, you know, 
get them on birth control. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but yeah. if you, if you don't believe in birth control and you don't believe in, in sex before marriage, then I would definitely say it should have just been for the older kids. Mm-hmm. Number sure. one. Okay. And I really would have said, if you were worried about McKelty, I don't know, I wouldn't have wanted to isolate McKelty per se, but you know, if she and Robin have a good close relationship, then maybe it's a matter of having a conversation with Christine because Christine is her mother, right? So having a conversation with Christine, I, I don't think I would coat. I don't think I would ever recommend someone do something like this. It's you, it's not about you. This is the thing. It's it's like parenting is not about you. It's about your kid. Yeah, this so, whole speech was all about Robin, Robin and, and, they and what right. she felt like was a yeah. quote unquote mistake, the mistake that's sitting right it there. It was involving herself of responsibility for something that had been bothering her, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. To your point, from like a family communication standpoint, I, if somebody asked me like, how do I approach, you know, the sex yeah. talk and the be safe or the, or the don't or the abstinence talk? Yeah, I would say, well, if there's if there's a child you're particularly concerned about, or even if not, like you might want to, I would say like do an activity. Don't make it the focus of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Bring it up by saying, you know, I'm really proud of you. I'm really impressed with you. I really believe in you, but I want to kind of just talk to you about my experience and see how you feel about this. And maybe Mm -hmm. this resonates with you and just don't make it about, I want to tell you what to do. Because mm-hmm. I think Robin could have taken any one of those teenagers aside and go like, can I tell you like a story? This is going to be a little awkward, but I kind of want to explain like some mixed feelings I have mm-hmm. and just some weird things. And because I just want you to know this can be how things go, but it doesn't have to be. You know, there are ways to hedge things and make it make it about like telling a story. Because I don't have a problem with Robin necessarily making it about her because mm-hmm. storytelling is important. Um Create, creating your narrative and illustrating with your narrative communicatively, because that's my thing, can be really fruitful. It's just at the same time, if you're trying to guide, especially a teenager, to the right place, you want to be at the same time building them up as like, I trust your ability to make decisions. I know mm-hmm. you will make good decisions. I'm just trying to give you more context that I have that you don't yet that will help you to make those, especially if you don't think they're going to make good decisions because you don't want to tell them that. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? That's going to push them away. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Say this having no child over six. So what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, having raised a daughter who's now 20, you, you start talking, you don't just have one talk. Yeah. You start talking right. about this stuff when they're very young and you do it in an age appropriate way. And you, do, and you, it's, it's, it's over a course right. of years, yes. you know, yeah. and then you get to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, they're probably, I think they're probably going to start having sex. And then it's easy because it's like, let's just go to the doctor, you know, and it's, and it's yeah. like, you've all, sure. you've already talked about it all. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you show, yeah. you trust them you know, whether they have sex or not, at least they'll be protected. And, um, you trust them and you build mm-hmm. that trust up over a period of years. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, this thing, yeah, it's not just one talk. It's not just like, no, one it's day. so true. Yeah. Like I, I joked, but like my sons are quite young, but I'm already not about sexual relationships, but I'm mm-hmm. laying groundwork about consent with them mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. about you don't touch people without permission you mm-hmm. don't no, no one owes you access to their body because these mm-hmm. things I, I don't mind telling you to these are really important things for young men to understand as early on as possible Absolutely. and 
it's funny that you say that. And of course, you know, there are different gender dynamics and societal dynamics with sex, obviously. And so these conversations can take place in different ways, depending upon your child and who they are. But I, I want to tell you a quick side story. So I got the talk once and it was from my older brother, who's three and a half years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down, pulled me into his room. He's Adam, sit down. God damn it. And he goes, okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you got to use a condom. You got to use a condom every time. No, it doesn't feel as good. I don't care. Do it anyway. You're too stupid to have a kid. <laughs> if a- if a girl doesn't want to do something, you don't do it. If you think she doesn't want to do it, you don't do it. If you're not sure, you ask. And if you don't get an absolutely certain answer, you still don't do it. I don't care if you're right about to do whatever. If she changes her mind, you stop what you're doing. You shake her hand. You say, thank you for your time. And you leave her alone. And he said, now, God damn it, get out of my room. And that was my talk. So what would you you prefer, this one or the purity talk? (laughs) What would you pick? That talk worked. (laughs) I I think there's some really good information. He's right. I mean, uh, everything he said was true. Yeah, it was true. He nailed it. Delivery is not great, but okay, yeah. Quick to the point and very scary. (laughs) But, you know, that's, that's being like, you know... 19 and going yeah. okay dad's not around I, somebody's got to tell this moron like what's <laughs> and the fact that my brother thought me at 16 was going to go anywhere near a girl is really kind of <laughs> that was, no he was about you know 10 years early but that's fine <laughs> well yeah, I, I don't remember ever getting a sex talk of any kind honestly I did. I feel like I got a lot from mom. I, I don't, we, we did an episode about our childhood and we, you know, we have the same parents, but we grew up in different households. <laughs> and so I, my mom was, our, our mom was around me. I was around her all the time. And I think she was constantly like telling me things. And then she would have this joke of like, is there anything so you need to constantly know? giving you the sex talk? Like, kind again, of like mom? always talking about things and always like everything's out there. But she would always say, do you have any questions about drugs? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, do you <laughs> have any? Get any? <laughs> do, you know, do you have any? <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> 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 but but I, I, you brought up a really good point. And if there's parents listening to this, this is really good. The, the, the activity that you mentioned, because this is one thing with teenagers. I think that the venue was hard because I would, if this was my client, I would suggest, I don't think you should do it all staring at each other. Like, right, you right, know, yeah. I've worked with younger, you know, I don't work right now with them. But when I worked with teens, a lot of times you would find activities where the two of you are staring at like something together next to each other that's why kids reveal a lot in the car in the car that's why they talk because you're not looking at each other and it's it's far more comfortable for people to kind of talk about these things yeah a two-player video game too can actually work really well yeah yeah and so in the same game at the same time so that's what that's my suggestion is to bring it up that way but you got to make it about the kid and not the kid and then if a story that you have in your life is appropriate for the talk you know for this then yeah bring that in but that's the thing they the browns never think these things through about like is this an appropriate story for everyone to hear is this the right venue is this this it's like it's almost like cody has he's like i gotta fill a slot so you're (laughs) robin we got you scheduled for, for, for the fourth Tuesday or the Saturday, Sunday. You're going to do your purity talk just like we rehearsed it. <laughs> then Christine's going to go back to the mission statement. And then the week after that is Janelle 
talking to us about taxes. I don't oh, know. the godforsaken family mission statement. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that mission you, statement though, is part quick. of this, this general yeah. um, time period, too. Yeah. You both should use that quote and just call your sister wives recaps. The Browns didn't think this thing through. (laughs) Well, we should start having merch and that would be the perfect one. The Browns did not think this through. I can help with that. All right. Sounds good. Oh, well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. um, I would, are we going to cover the rest of the episode or no? Well, okay. Is there, there what else happens? Because nothing much happens, but I do want to talk about the time capsule. The time, yeah, the time capsule. The time yeah, capsule. They decide, because, yeah, uh, they decide to um, do a time capsule um, that's going to they're going to be buried for five years. And they tell all the kids to go get something from your room, you know, something that um, uh, you put in the time capsule. And Christine says, oh, God, I wish the mission statement was done. So we could put a <laughs> copy in there. God. But this is this is what I thought was so wacky about this is, you know, that this is Robin's idea and Cody made everybody. okay. Robin wants to do this time capsule. So everybody has to like, you know, and this is the stuff Christine was talking about. Right. This is the stuff that was like Chris was slowly chipping away at the other, especially at Christine was she wants to do something and he's all on board and I want to do something. And it's like pulling teeth. (laughs) Sorry. And. Yeah, it, it, but I just thought it was so funny that they they make this big thing about oh we're in this house and these are going to be our our homes forever. And you're like, <laughs> I have a note about that. I have oh in yeah, my note, I have it in my nose. I said the brown. <laughs> sorry, I got to get through this. The the brown family time capsule just. <laughs> <laughs> just like everything else about their homes, this will never be paid off. <laughs> No. Yep. No. This is why I do this for a living now. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I love the mission statement, though, because every now and again, they'll cut to like Robin or Christine crying about like how important this mission state and mission statement is. And every once in a while, the editors will just smash cut to like Garrison going like this mission statement is such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, Leon says in this episode, I think, uh, oh, well, I think she was, I think they were referring to actually the, um, time capsule but they said i think this is stupid we're not a business we're a family (laughs) (laughs) which could also apply to the mission statement either one you know yeah yeah um no i just feel for christine i i see her and i just feel like oh god she's really she thinks this mission she is so desperate to find something that will be the solution to how she's feeling to her terrible marriage to everything that's been going on to the fact that she she feels jealous like that woman like the new homes no it's not the new homes the mission statement the commitment ceremony and then what's the next thing until she finally just gives up it just becomes numb yeah it's always external solutions to internal problems Mm. yes great Mm. way of saying it Yeah. yeah 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 so cody when he's outside digging this hole and he finds himself by himself. Literally yeah, literally, figuratively, <laughs> as he always does. He's digging by himself, and he makes this comment. And he makes these comments a lot. And, ugh, they're 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 cringy. He says he's looking around. He's like, I don't have any sons. They're all dead to me. You God, know, he son. loves to complain about having yeah. to do big boy tasks all yes. on his own, shoveling snow, yeah. hanging lights. He just gets so butthurt about having to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something Weird. he doesn't want to do. He does yes. not like doing things that he does not like to do. 
he's always yelling like where's my help where's there where are the mm-hmm. boys it's really weird it's like like my, my favorite is in season two where he's shoveling snow on robin's world's smallest driveway mm-hmm. and he just cannot he's like where are the boys the boys are supposed to be helping me i'm like bro i could have had that done in five and a half minutes and i can't get off the couch without getting tired like like it's not that hard <laughs> yeah yeah, no, not that. they're they're probably you know doing their homework or you know something. Right. Yeah. Well, that was was that the wedding? Was that Chris? No, that wasn't. No, the wedding. they were having a party at Robin's house. That's for right. Yeah. Right. Their non polygamous the friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Their non polygamous friend party or something. Yes, the that's LC right. Like, that's that right. Runs over something. I don't know. We yeah. got nothing. They're like Mary's got to get a colonoscopy. We can't just do that. <laughs> Throw a party. Let's just throw that in there. Yeah. We'll throw, yeah. And <laughs> in, in the, oh. Oh, yeah. And there's more to this time capsule because they're like, we got to combine another storyline with the time capsule. Come on over, Mary. Yeah, Mary. We got to talk about this fertility thing again, this baby thing. Um, He's like, I need baby answers. And I hate this. She says, you need to be involved in the conversation. We both need to decide because, again, Cody's putting it on her because he doesn't want to be the bad guy or labeled as, oh, you didn't want to have another baby with me or and he says, well, because, you know, they they promised each other that they would revisit this when they moved into the houses. And he says, yeah, well, we're halfway into the month. You know, we've been here for half a month. <laughs> we got to decide. And he says, I have thoughts in my head that need adjusting. Whatever that I, means. I, you know, I don't know the m- much about women. I do know women love when their male partners, if they have them, say, I need you to immediately decide if we're going to have a baby right now. Yeah, like, that it's is thrilling. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you yeah. have thoughts on this whole Mary baby? I mean, it feels it really feels like it was just all a storyline that they were nowhere near that because we learn now that they were already having problems. So there's a little bit of so did you really want to have a child together? Like, I don't I don't know. I, I um, and, you know, Robin's offer to Mary, which that's very loaded and all of it. You know, I don't know. I go back and forth on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, Cody, like I said, I could see Cody going like, I, because, oh, this is so, I don't like saying this, but how many times in that family's history do you think Cody's gone, okay, we have problems. Ah, let's have another baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, you can't rule it out. I can't say it happened, but you can't rule it out. I could see go, Cody going, you know, we've only raised one child. I have these intimate relationships with these other women and we've bonded over raising more children. Maybe this will just fit. Here's the external solution to these internal struggles of incompatibility and a lack of care and a lack of foundational upkeep and, and perspective taking all the things that you have to do in a marriage, at least periodically. And I don't know. I, it could be a storyline. It could not. I, I never wanted to be because I want to kind of go along with the ride. I don't like when I realize that things are kind of premeditated because it just makes mm-hmm. me feel kind of disappointed. I don't know. I, I think mm-hmm. that I always think about if they somehow had conceived a child, what would the show be like? You know, it would just be so foundationally different in so many ways. Yeah. But yeah. I just think that Cody's solution is marriage is bad. What can you provide for me that I would really like? Because Cody likes to have little kids that will that will think he's hung the moon. He yeah. loves that. You know, tender guy. I can't say tender age kids without throwing up a little bit, but um, <laughs> that's his specialty. Yeah, like the tender they're, age. They're not, they're not chicken cutlets, there, bro. Like it's. You know, <laughs> 
So yeah, how, how it, would the, also, it, would, it would be something to distract Mary from, you know, mm-hmm. their terrible marriage. Yeah, you know? she wouldn't be so maybe so needy towards him, too. Mm-hmm. Like a baby would, you know, would split her focus. But I don't I really don't think I mean, maybe Mary considered it. But I just feel like Mary was so in such a different place in her mind. I don't that think, I don't think she was table. ever going no. to do that. I don't think it was ever close to anything for her. And you go the more she it. waited, the more the more Leon was ha- halfway out the door. You go you know? back to the the Mexico trip for their anniversary, and she was already shutting it down. I yeah. just think mm-hmm. she felt like I don't want to. And, and like God bless her, she's like I don't want to go through that. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Start over. I don't. Yeah, I, and and I don't want to try procedures that 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 and all the, the the things I would need to do, and those are wonderful things to do if that makes sense for your family. But like, I don't want to go through it and be just heartbroken again. When if this doesn't happen, like I get it, I get it. I think she mm-hmm. really, without wanting to say it either for Cody or for the television show or both, just didn't want to ever. Because Mary's not good at definitive answers to things. Have you noticed this? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Mary kind of wants to go well, da, 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 and wait for someone else to finish the thought so she doesn't have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think she just kind of maybe kind of wanted Cody to be the one to shut the door on it. And it's one of those things, well, until he did. And then she went, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, which happens. That happens, yeah. to be fair. I think it happens but, next yeah. week. Yeah. Wait, so how did how did this end? I can't remember. <laughs> how did they end this conversation? Um, it just kind of was left hanging there. And then I believe next week, I think, they have a discussion or maybe the week after mm, where Cody okay. just says he shuts it down. Yeah. Yeah. And, he wants yeah. to, you know, move on. And then, but then she's very, she seems hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, Is well, that the one where she says she was going to tell him that she wanted to do it? I know that yeah, happens at some point. I, think so. I don't remember when. Neither this one, yeah, neither one of them wants to be the bad guy. And that's well, why they both stayed together for so long that it was just ridiculous. Neither one of them would break up so with each alike. other. They are so alike. Yeah. Though, mm-hmm. Like in their, maybe not their best qualities, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she was just looking for something to be closer to him with. I feel like. Yeah a lot of why she hemmed and hawed was that this was a way in which he was paying attention to her. Like oh, he, good point. You know, this was, he was, like, they were going to appointments together. They were doing yeah, stuff together. Like, spending time he's never around her. He's never investing any time and energy in her these days. So I felt like she kept kind of dragging it on because I don't think she really wanted to have a kid, but she liked the closeness and that maybe in the end when he like shut it down, it was almost her. She was like, oh, then that's, this is ending too this connection that we have Mm -hmm. because we don't have anything else. Leon's going off to college. What will I have with you? Just a house with seven craft rooms and a wet bar. (laughs) bar. (laughs) And the wet bar. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it was all worth it. Mary. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing great. Are you kidding me? Like if my kids were launched and I had Mary's life, I would be the happiest son of a bitch on the planet. Are you kidding me? I have my own haunted inn. (laughs) I I have my best friend. I've you got a new got boyfriend. A, yeah. I've got a boyfriend who definitely knows how to change the oil in my car. Like, it's great. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And I'm hammered all the time. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. She's having the last laugh here. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Oh, she's well, making that 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 down that downline money too. Oh yeah. Lulu lemon money. No, Lulu. I was say Lulu lemon. Uh, Lulu Row. Sorry, Lulu Row. Probably Lula both. Ro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was quite an episode. Yes, this I'm was. So, I'm so glad you could be here for this very special episode. Thank and, you. Uh, 
Um, it was great. It, this was a lot of fun. You and are welcome to come back anytime, yes. any episode. So oh, tell, I tell am us. Not. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Yes, yes. No, you're very fun and funny and insightful. We love it. So tell everybody about your podcast and, you know, where yeah. they can find how you they and can all that. sign you up on Patreon and all that. That's what I'm going to be doing. Oh, yeah. well, um, my so I do. I, OK, if you like me on this podcast, <laughs> I hope you like me on my podcast because they're not the same thing. This okay. I um, so my podcast is called The Sister Wives Professor, and I do I do recaps and reactions and kind of do nonverbal communication analyses. It's not it's not super dry. I don't think you would say like no. I do try to be no, funny. No, no. I do try to be try to be fun with it, but I also try to give context, good or bad. So if I think because sometimes I think Cody, for example, or Mary make in the moment pretty good parenting decisions, and I'll kind of unpack why. And if they don't. I talk about how I I don't, and I don't really play favorites on the show, although I do make fun of Cody's shirts a lot because they just bring <laughs> me no end of joy. So it's Sister Wise Professor. It's streaming everywhere. I'm also on Facebook. And yeah, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Sister Wise Professor, where I do Sister Wives, like I said, Sister Wives deep dives. I've done ones on why I think Christine and Janelle blame different people for the dissolution of the Brown family. Mm. I just did one, the first in a series on Robin's evolution. And there are tiers where I also do uh, in-depth analyses of shows like Welcome to Plathville. I'm doing Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I'm just absolutely obsessed with. I'd never seen it before. Mm. It's incredible. I also have some people that are, there's a certain tier where you can request stuff, but I make the, I make the custom podcast available to everyone with permission. And so I just did a show called MILF Manor. Oh my so, gosh. And, 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 and I know, but really it might be my favorite podcast I've ever it's done. Because it gets, I saw a couple episodes. It's fascinating. Wow. It gets into like how we stigmatize older women for being sexually active, how mm. like the, the age difference is different and just this weird conflation of parenting I don't, and, and sexuality and all this kind of ick taboos. It was fascinating. And also mm. it's just, it's just nuts. And I also did like girls next door. I do all kinds of stuff and I'm always mm -hmm. coming up with ways for new content, but yeah, just, um, are you going to do like, Vanderpump rules? <sighs> yeah. How much, yeah. How much time do I have? Um, <laughs> because Brooke doesn't watch the show and I, I've, oh, I've watched the show and then I stop watching it. And then when Scandaval happened, I'm like, oh, I got to get back on it. And I have no one to talk to about this. I'm like, I talk okay. to myself mainly and talk to myself about my own theories. I have to tell you, I have a colleague at work. She didn't consent to me saying her name, so I won't yet. But she has been on me ever since the podcast launched. And she, cause she's a Vanderpump Rules fan. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we need to do a podcast together and we'll be, we'll be the Vanderpump professors and it's going to be huge. And I said, yeah, let me just, you know, right after I reseal the driveway, I'll get right on it. And, you know, um, well, I'll be your first guest <laughs> and with a therapist. I, I, that show, but that show is utterly fascinating with the characters and the people. And that brought up when we were talking earlier about all the vitriol that Robin gets, that is a great yeah. example of that scandal where people were just like barraging Tom Sandoval and the, the restaurant and everything. And you're just like, he didn't kill the man. Yes. Yeah. His actions were not great. And I'm not for him. And I'm not, I'm not co-signing that behavior, but he didn't, he, he is not a murderer. 
And we are right. treating him like he is a monster. And and the, I just I just find people who go and do that just fascinating myself because I will only write positive reviews. If I don't like something, I just move right along. I'm not going to disparage it. It's it's art. It's a perception. It's a belief, you know? And That's unless great. you offend me you in something, and even... Me one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wish everyone felt that way. Yeah, but I mean, I just... Could you imagine? <laughs> if, if we lived in a world... Well, then that would be like a cult if we were all like so nice and five stars with each other. But at the same time, I would never, ever, ever troll someone. I just, it's just why. What is, what, how does that help them in any way, shape, or form? Telling them I'm going to suggest both of you, I would love to have you both on my podcast and we should do a free form where we just talk about the ethics and morality of sort of group mentality stigmatizing mm-hmm. people yes. on, on uh, reality television. I think mm-hmm. that would be really yeah. cool. I think you both, you both would have insights that I don't, obviously. And I think that'd be really fun. Not to make anybody feel bad about what they do, but it'd just be interesting to talk about like where does where does the impulse come from? Mm-hmm. Rather, maybe the yes. morale, maybe not the morality, but like where do, what drives us to do this? Because because I, I don't know, I don't have the tools to really unpack that. So mm-hmm. no, I think that's great because I think there's different levels of it. There's the people that troll you that say just awful things to people, and then there's a lot of like you know someone's Facebook group or something where people are just asking questions, and I think that's very different when you're like, I wonder why so and so is doing that, or oh this person frustrates me so much. That's very right, different than you must die. You know, everybody yeah. can't go to your restaurant. It's like, what? You just destroy yeah. a business? Yeah. Because you yeah, don't you like something he too. did? You know? Yeah. Mm, so. sister wife do the weird speculation of inappropriate dynamics and stuff that's just kind of beyond the pale, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, ugh, to be a reality star, you really do sell your soul to the yeah, devil. Yeah, I, I thought I could never do it. I get upset when, you know, we get a bad review and I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I can't I handle don't our know. bad reviews. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to have a podcast. Is what <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're like, you're like, this is a free, I'm giving this to you for free. If you don't like it, then just turn it off. But do yeah, you to, like go and like tell say that we do, we're misinformed we don't know anything it's like that's a stretch yeah i don't know anyway, anyway i have a very thin skin i could never be um can never be on reality tv or tv at all probably yes so well, i love your podcast and I'm oh, thank you I'm, I'm very lucky to be on it so thank you for your time oh well, we so appreciate you being sweet. here this is great so yes, Brooke, and I hope we get together. We yes. will collaborate again for sure. Absolutely. Um, there's All no right. shortage of topics. So anyway, um, thank you, Dr. Adams, so much for joining us. And um, we just want to remind everybody out there that if you like our podcast, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You don't have to write <laughs> anything if you don't want to. But if you don't enjoy the podcast, just turn it off. Yes. <laughs> you don't need to come and tell us, you know. How <laughs> you hate us. You hate my voice. And how terrible we are, you know. Yes. Let's let's all let's strive for a little civility here. So um, you can find us also on social media. We're on TikTok and Instagram at PsychLegalPop. And uh, can't wait for the next yeah. subscribe. Yeah. Yes. Never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Thank so, you so thank much, you, Dr. Dr. Adam. Adam. You are, it's thank been you. awesome. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com